America. My name is I'm Yosef from Pong. I come to you live every Thursday. And usually I do a Thursday show about this time. And we talk about the news of the day. And I try to give you a kind of a political insight into it. But I have a special guest who's scheduled to come on. I bet he's running a little bit late. Um, who's the vice president of the Amazon Labor Union and if, a guy by the name of Derek Palmer. And if you don't know, the Amazon Labor Union recently won um it's bid to unionize a fulfillment center and amazon's um workforce is disproportionately black and latino but disproportionately black and it means something it means something that these employees have a chance now to actually be treated like employees as opposed to not workers on a plantation and i say workers on a plantation because it turns out that in Amazon's internal messaging system, they disallow the word plantation. And I will tell you, if your boss doesn't, like in the code of your internal messaging system doesn't allow you to use the word plantation, that means your boss is running a plantation <laughs> and just doesn't want to talk to you about it. It's like one of those deals where they say, well, don't tell other people what you're making. Yeah, because that's because your boss doesn't want to actually pay people. So first of all, if you're working on a plantation, use the word plantation. Also, if uh, very much you should talk about your salaries and how much you make, because that's the only way you organize for better salaries. And um, yeah, yeah, sunshine is a great disinfectant, as they say, right? So I want to start off by just mentioning there is a nice little book called Betrayal by Houston Baker. I mention it every now and then on the show. And it starts off with kind of an analysis of Martin Luther King. And he said, you know, Martin Luther King, he didn't really, desegregating the bus is nice and the civil rights is nice, but his real contribution to the movement and what made the movement possible was he destigmatized jail. Because he knew that as long as you were scared of the white man's jail, nothing was going to be done in this nation for the American Negro. Nothing was going to be done. Not a darn thing. As long as you were still scared of the white man's jail, nothing was going to be done for you. We were going to be we were going to be second class citizens, second class everything forever. So you needed to destigmatize jail if you were going to ever do anything that mattered for black people. Right, because jail, the fear of jail was the policing mechanism. So as long as you got people over the fear of jail, anything was possible. And I say this because uh, the Amazon labor union folks were handcuffed a few times for trying to recruit in, on public property outside of the Amazon warehouse. They were organizing on public property outside the warehouse a few times. Amazon called the cops. Sometimes they were. Um, uh arrested and then they were let go and then but like as if they were scared to go to jail if they were scared of, of some man's police or getting the call, uh, cops called on them there would be no amazon labor union part of what it is to do that work is to be about that life right so you have to understand if you're scared of getting arrested from time to time not going out and seeking it but if you're running away from it you're not actually going to do anything that matters for black people for, for a workforce that's disproportionately black if you're scared of getting fired if that's the most important thing in your life you're never going to do it you're going to be a slave for the people who um who who uh, have the power to hire and fire you because technically you could organize but they could always find some reason to fire you if you want you to fire if 
they want you to be gone, you're going to be gone. So you need to be able to risk that and not just be willing to risk that and believe in other people that other people are going to be risk that because they're not going to fire all of y'all. But um, so you need to have faith in your other people and you just need to not be scared. If you're scared of being arrested, if you're scared of firing, if you're scared of people saying bad things or insulting you, then you're not going to actually get anything meaningful done for black people because it's going to come from it's going to come uh, out of people insulting you. It's going to become out of people threatening your job. And it's going to be come out of uh, you being arrested from time to time. So if you are scared of those things more than you like love freedom, love self-determination, which means actually determining the conditions among which you choose, um, then those things will be used in order to keep you on the plantation. And you need to understand that those are the stakes. And I say that because the Amazon people, um, there are workers before they were, before they successfully, I'm just checking in and see when he's coming in, before they successfully organized their union, were arrested, they were threatened with firing, and um, they kept coming back and kept working. And that's, that's the contribution, right? And there are two ways to go about this in terms of organizing. You could organize people and say like, well, actually your fears are unjustified. It's not as, uh, you know, these bad things, you won't get arrested, you won't get fired, you won't be insulted. It's not, you don't have, you don't have anything to fear. Um, or you can say that like, yes, all of those things will happen. But it's okay because you'll be free and you got to stand on your feet in your one life. What are you going to talk to your kids about? Are you going to talk about them all the things you did to avoid getting fired? Are you going to talk about all the things you did to avoid um, being arrested? Are you going to talk about all the things you did to avoid being insulted? Or are you going to talk about your struggle for freedom and how you did the life? You did that thing. Right? So there are two ways to go about people who are risk averse. They were saying that you can tell them that there is no risk in freedom, or you can say that, yes, there is risk. And if you want to be somebody, and if you want to help black people, if you actually want to do something for community uplift, you're going to have to eat that risk. A fair share of that risk. We will distribute the risk, but you're going to have to eat some risk because all of these things might happen. Um, you might get arrested, you might get fired, you might get insulted, and you probably will be all three of them. And Derek Palmer and Chris Smalls were <laughs> arrested, insulted, and threatened with termination. And yet, they survived. This is why they're going to be in the history books. A lot of people in the civil rights movement, a lot of people like to pretend that they were alive in the civil rights movement and they were out there marching or whatever. But actually, they were keeping their heads down and not risking Right, and they're eating off the people who did risk. A lot of baby boomers actually, um, when civil rights leaders died early from broke, they survived because they were the ones who ate off the work of other black people who had taken risk, and then like just kind of um, kept their head down and and you know got promoted. Right, so. We need to stop pretending. We need to stop pretending that this work isn't full of risk. And we need to stop with the liberal ideology that all risk is something you should be able to avoid. All risk is oppression. If something's risky, then I shouldn't have to do it. Here's the deal. So if you're a liberal, you'll say that choice is everything. Choice is the most important thing in the world. Um, 
and you'll all, and then um, it will be divorced from this idea of responsibility such that if you choose, you shouldn't have to choose anything you don't want to, anything that's scary to you, right? This is what conservatives actually uh, beat it a little bit because they actually believe in something more than their own immediate feelings. So uh, they'll actually take chances for something greater than themselves. Liberals will tell you that like, well, what you want to follow your gut, what you want to do in the moment is what's right. And that won't lead to anything because your gut's just a, a, a center of fear and, and ignorance and your most slavish morality. This is why you should watch my shows because I'm trying to retrain your gut. I'm trying to habituate your gut into a harder um, sensibility because conventional wisdom means following your, co your cowardice, means doing whatever it takes to avoid being insulted, doing whatever it takes to avoid being fired, doing whatever it takes to avoid being jailed. And I'm saying like, no, if you are serious about the work of community uplift for black people, you're going to have to risk being jailed, you're going to have to risk being fired, and you're going to have to risk being insulted because all of that is part of, it's all in the game. And anyone who's telling you, who's not telling you that or is lying to you about that is not really serious about your freedom. They're not really serious about your self-determination. And they don't really want to make you whole. Or they don't know what it takes. So this nonviolent stuff is, isn't about being peaceful, isn't about staying out of trouble. It's about getting into the right kind of trouble. And this is what, you know, you know, John Lewis had talk bad about him pretty often because he deserves a lot of people talking bad about him but you know there is such a thing as good trouble that's what he named his his memoir there is such a thing as good trouble and it's going to come with risk taking all right so if you're scared of getting insulted if you're scared of getting if you're scared of getting insulted if you're scared of getting fired if you're scared of getting arrested you're you're you really aren't going to do anything for black people as a people you might do something for yourself <laughs> um, at the expense of black people because it'll take uh, you selling them out in order for you to make an individual come up. But you're not going to do anything for black people as a people. By the way, if you like anything I'm saying, go ahead and go kick down to uh, uh, www.funkyacademic.com. Kick down $5, $15, or $50 a week. I mean, a month. Because you know I'm giving you the quality of wisdom you're not going to hear. You should have heard in school, but you're not going to hear and you know you'll you'll uh contribute to my life insurance and my bail fund when eventually someone feels some sort of way and i end up um arrested uh because i'm one of those mouthy negroes who actually believes that it'll be the mouthy negroes to that that saves the world someone asked what's my cash app i'll uh i'll put my cash app in the description of this video but yeah, you should go to www.funkyacademic.com and kick in five, fifteen, or fifty dollars a month to keep me doing what I'm doing. I'm gonna start doing more interviews. Like I said, I'm still waiting for for Palmer. Um, I suspect you know he's very he's inundated uh, with requests because he took the risk and now is the man of the hour. And make no mistakes, Derek Palmer and Christian Smalls, they are they're up there. Right, they we should be learning about them in schools. They should get the full treatment, the biopics, the the kids' books. They should be in years fourth. They should your kids should know their names because they did the risk and they they actually are doing something for black people, not just an individual come up, not just about their own self actualization. They're bringing us along.
Like a lot of black people work in those Amazon warehouses and they are not doing so well. They got bad backs, they got bad wrists, and they are on the clock having to move faster and faster and faster because every time you press the little um the little order it now button, someone someone gets zipped like a like a cattle prod. Someone gets <laughs> zipped uh um to, to hustle to get your to get your little doodad in a box to you. And and they're fighting for the they're fighting for the cotton pickers. Except they're not picking cotton anymore in that plantation. They're picking little um, books and and little doodads that you order online. They're picking them off the shelves and putting them into the box. It's not like picking cotton from a um, uh, a plant, but it's not unlike picking cotton from a plant. And you know, sometimes a lot of these things are a little bit more heavy than. Um, yeah, being that a lot of things a lot more heavy than a than a than a piece of fur, right? A piece of cotton, right? So these people are doing the work, and they're doing it for us, and they just need to get paid. And we need to pay them like auto workers, not like fast food workers. But we also need to pay fast food workers. I like the fact that they're talking about thirty dollars an hour, because you know if you're working in Detroit and the auto factory, you should be coming in at thirty dollars an hour. Like it's a real job. It's the second highest. Um, Amazon is the second highest employer, private employer in the nation. They should pay real salaries for doing real work that we all need. They are essential workers. During the pandemic, well, other people were working from Zoom and behind. Like every, I got this computer on Amazon. I got this microphone on Amazon. I got this microphone stand on Amazon. Got this cord on Amazon. So they are essential. They are essential to our productive infrastructure. I got that camera on Amazon. The camera you're seeing me uh the the camera out of here so um they are essential to the american communications infrastructure and they should be paid like it they should be paid like it we should think of them in terms of like the way we think of auto workers right um i and there is a, there's enough money going around we could pay these people and amazon would still be a profitable company so what we just have to respect the work that these uh, disproportionately black people are doing because right now their model is well we'll burn them out they'll quit and we'll just get new people turning and burning and one of the reasons why i wanted palmer on the show is because while organizing the warehouse is impressive and it is it is impressive what's more impressive is how they've in, succeeded in the media blitz for interpreting the win right so in the media bit blitz for interpreting the win like, like both palmer and christian smalls have done a very good job in saying like look the line that we tell black workers and line that we tell these these hard workers is that they just need to quit and go to the next job they just need to quit and go to the next job if they don't like their job they can always quit and go to the next job and that's where freedom comes in and he's like no that we quit and we quit and we go to the next job and nothing ever changes. Nothing ever changes except the bosses get richer because it's all it's, it's all a scheme. We need to stop quitting. We tell people we're done quitting and we're organizing where I'm at. I'm not quitting anymore and going to Starbucks and I'm not quitting anymore, quitting my Starbucks job and going to Walmart. We're going to organize all of them and all those workers are going to get paid real money and instead of the Howard Schultzes and the Walmarts and the Jeff Bezoses. And then the, the Howard Stoltzes and the Waltons and the Jeff Bezoses, all the workers are going to get paid. And that's, we're done quitting our job. We're done uh, running that hamster wheel. We're actually going to go someplace. And progress doesn't come from 
quitting our job and going to the next crappy job. It comes to organizing all of these jobs so that all of them pay. And so I like that. And that's why I wanted these guys on the show, because I like how they interpreted the victory. Because if you don't interpret the victory correctly, your enemies will interpret the victory poorly. Right. So they're interpreting the, the victory well and saying, that, like, no, we're done quitting our jobs. That's no longer freedom. Freedom's going to be about organizing and um, producing the conditions that you choose, not just picking between crappy conditions that are given to you. The crappy conditions at Starbucks versus the crappy conditions at Walmart versus the crappy conditions at Amazon. Instead, we're actually going to organize and um, produce the conditions that then we choose. That's what free, real self-determination means. Not just choosing among given determinations, but having yourself reflected in the determinations among which you choose. Right. So it's not just going to be about choice. It's going to be actually um, having yourself reflected in the options among which you choose. Right. So this business of just telling black people to just quit, quit their job and go to the next job, that's got to end. That's got to be. That's got to end. And this is what needs to be taught in schools, right? This video, I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably cut it off in about fifteen, in, in about ten minutes. Because even if, if Palmer, like I said, the guy's very busy. Um, if you forgot about this, that's, that's, I'm not gonna blame him. Um, that's, uh, this needs to be taught in schools. That everyone has a fair share of risk. Everyone has a fair share of risk, and justice does not um, mean you get to avoid risk. It means that you distribute your risk fairly. That means there's a fair distribution of risk. Um, and that means you need to take your fair share of risk and risk it for you know the workers, right? Because this idea that you can be both free and live a life without risk is, is fictitious. It's fictitious and a problem, right? So you just need a fair share of risk, a fair distribution of risk. Because right now, the only people who think about risk management are the private companies um, and their insurance officers and their lawyers whose entire job is to consolidate risk and shunt it on to black communities. <laughs> they want to consolidate all of America's risk and then concentrate it like a triple distilled 300 proof little risk brick and put it on your head and drop it right on your head so you're eating all of the risk um, so you're eating all of the risk for the people. And that is, uh, and that is the just distribution of risk is just about as important as the just distribution of labor. So we need to tell laborers that if they're serious about being free in these United States, it's not about avoiding risk at all costs. It's about understanding what a just distribution of risk means. And so when you're organizing workers, it's not gonna be about telling them that like, well, this is all completely safe. You don't have to worry about getting fired. You don't have to worry about getting jailed. You don't have to worry about people insulting you. It's just about, it's about telling them like, yeah, that might happen. That might happen. All of that might happen, but you know what? You might also get freedom. And you might also actually secure uh, freedom from not just you, but all your people. And not just, um, uh, not just 
Yeah, not just you, and but freedom for all of your people. And so not just you and your family, but also, and I say this, people will be like, well, you know, you'll be fine. I mean, you're, you're a smart guy. You'll get a professional job. Your kids will be fine. Yeah, but my, my daughter eventually is going to go to prom, and I want her prom date to be able to have, I want her prom date's parents to have a good job, right? So like everybody's invested in black people um, actually doing well. And like... The per people say, well, you know, black neighborhoods aren't safe. Well, you know what? If the person who robbed you, if they're black, if their parents had a better job, they might not have been right to rob you, right? So like everybody wins when black parents have money. So even if I'm not gonna work a job at Amazon um, warehouse in the fulfillment factory, even if my daughter um, might work, might not work a job at Amazon fulfillment factory, even my daughter's boyfriend, eventually when she gets one um might not work a job at amazon's fulfillment factory my daughter's boyfriend's parents might and i want them to be making 30 dollars an hour <laughs> right so that's how you got to think about this game um in terms of community uplift and why we're all invested in community uplift right so what what am I gonna what am I going to risk for my daughter's potential boyfriend's parents' wages? Well, I'll be honest. The better those wages, the better that guy's gonna treat my daughter. The better my daughter's life, and I want my daughter to have a good life, right? So we have to think in terms of what that means for the black community. If your neighbors are getting paid well, they don't. You don't have to worry about robbing you. Like that's uh, if everyone in your family is getting paid well, you don't have to worry about getting hit up. Right, so uh, and going to family reunions, you can, you can, um, yeah, I, 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 you can, you can answer all your phones, right? Right, so uh, you can answer all your phone numbers. I always joke about like the black guy who went, who wins lotto. The first thing they have to do is like pretend that they didn't win lotto and also change their phone number, and that's just not freedom. You want to be able to make it big and then also not also be hit up for money everywhere you go because everybody else around you has enough. Like that's what this is about, right? <laughs> like if you have to make it big and then hide because you can't let anyone you anyone you went to school with, anyone in your family know that you are like rich, then that you you aren't free. You might be rich, but you aren't free. So this idea of community uplift enables every black person, even the ones who don't work at the fulfillment center. Um, uh, that's, that's a very important idea. And uh, it's going to come through risk. It's going to come through understanding that risk is just part, it's all in the game. And if someone has told you that you should be able to get justice, secure freedom without taking any risk, just by working hard, but without taking any risk. If you work hard and do what you do, you'll be free. That's a lie. That's a slave's lie. Slaves work hard and do what they're supposed to do. They don't take any, like, but that's, um, that's, that's just not how we're going to win this game as a people. So we need to talk about this and we need to, like, nothing I've said here, I don't think I've even cursed, right? So, like, nothing I've said here isn't something that you can't watch in a high school. Watch this with your kids. Watch this at your next Sunday school or your book club meeting and then talk about this because I'm just telling the truth. And also, if you like what I do, go ahead and go to www.funkyacademic.com and kick in 
five, fifteen, or fifty dollars a month because this is the quality of knowledge we need disseminated everywhere, everywhere. Right? It's not about running away from risk, but just understanding what a just distribution of risk looks like. And that's how we become free. Right? And the next stage, the next stage is next stage of this is going to be the contract negotiation. And like you have to have the attitude, uh, either my paper, either my people are going to be paid $30 an hour, or this is going to end in handcuffs, handcuffs. If you don't have that attitude, like you're not going to get your contract. This is either going to end up in, in handcuffs or $30 an hour. Not just me in handcuffs, everyone in handcuffs, and maybe even you in handcuffs, um, or $30 an hour for my people. Because the next organizing campaign isn't just going to be organizing workers. It's got to be organizing the public. Because the public has to support the contract. Because it'll be public pressure that ends up with Bezos... Um, and the crew, the Amazon crew, uh, capitulating and actually signing a contract, right? So this next organizing campaign isn't just going to be with the the workers; it's going to be with the public. And anyone who's telling you that you can organize and get rid of risk, or that organizers don't have to be brave, or workers don't have to be brave to get this done, is not really serious about getting it done. All right. Um, and that's why I like seeing like, you know, this was black men doing it, right? And not respectability politics, people doing it. Cause in order to do it, you're going to have to be insulted. So you can't be respectable and do this. Cause like, if you're respectable, you're trying not to get insulted. And this is going to come with insults. <laughs> this game is going to come with insults. So you need to just accept that you, you got to do the work, knowing you're going to get insulted, knowing you're probably going to get, might get fired, knowing that you're probably going to get arrested. And then you do the work and then you win. All right. So it looks like Palmer, um, you know, you might have forgotten. I'll get him back. Uh, but this is important anyway. And I will talk to you at another time. Hey, thank you for your time. If you appreciate share this with all of your people, because this is important. This is important. The points I went over, I was going to go over with Palmer. I'll get him at a different time. This is important. And this is worth sharing with all of your people, and actually having a discussion about what risk means, what justice demands, and why it's important that we're all free if any of us are going to be free. Peace.